welcome back to the Good Dude Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Thomas, and this week's episode is all about Easter. So, a Merry Easter from my family to yours. I know it's Happy Easter, but I think it's a little ridiculous that Christmas is the only holiday that is allowed to be merry. So, I like to throw a merry onto other holidays and see if it works. And Merry Easter, it works for me. So, that's what I'm going with. Um, I also had one kind of late entry for the questions from the audience, and it was from my nephew, and it was such a good one I had to include it. So it is, what superpower would you have? And, you know, super strength springs to mind first, uh, but, you know, there's so many great ones, and any power would be amazing to have. And there's something else that I've learned. This is a little little food for thought. You know, you can dig a little deeper into it if you want to. But I've learned from comics and movies and TV shows and cartoons, whatever, that it matters significantly more how you use your power than what your power actually is. So you take uh, take an example. Um, let's say Captain America, right? Captain America got super soldier serum and is a little bit more powerful than your average human. Uh, but he's nowhere near like the Hulk or like Thor or, you know, super fast like Quicksilver or Flash or anybody like that. But he's one of the main Avengers. You know, he's a great hero. And it's it's just because he does the maximum with what he has. And then you have tons of other people who have these unbelievable abilities who are basically irrelevant, you know, in the comics and in the storylines. So... Just keep that in mind. It's not always what you have. It's how you use it. There you go. There's your your nugget of truth from the comic world. (laughs) Um, But back to Easter, since it is Holy Week and and it is Good Friday today. um, I know everybody will be getting all dressed up and and doing the Easter Sunday services. And and that's fantastic and great. Uh, I know... Our family has some some fun traditions that we've been doing. Uh, one my wife introduced me to that I had never done before, which after doing a little research is because she grew up in Louisiana, it, it originated in Louisiana, at least in the United States. It's called egg knocking. So essentially what you do is you take your two hard-boiled eggs and you take turns tapping the other person's egg. And whichever egg cracks first... That person loses and the other person wins. Um, so it's just a fun little game. The girls like to play it and we have fun playing it. So uh, it's a it's a neat little family tradition. You know, and everybody kind of has their own things. I mean, I'm sure everybody does Easter egg hunts and uh, Easter baskets or, or whatever. But I think it's, once again, much like the Captain America example, it's more so how you do these things and why you do them than what it is you actually do. I think people get hung up a lot in the, oh, well, you know, this isn't what Easter's about. And, uh, you know, getting almost overly focused on whatever they want to be argumentative about. And and I get it. I understand, you know, uh, bunnies and eggs don't make a whole lot of sense when you're talking about the resurrection. But at the same time, they both represent spring, new life, and you know, they're, they're metaphors and they're representations. So it's all in how you take it and, and how you apply it. And if that imagery and, and those traditions bring you happiness and allow you to celebrate the, you know, the resurrection, then go for it. I mean, that's what's important is that 
you, we are celebrating the return of Christ. It's not just that it's, um, you know, uh, it's the day of the year we go to church. <laughs> uh, but it, it is more than that. And it is supposed to be a celebration. It is a happy time. It, it's a, it's, it's called the good news for a reason, right? You know, that's, that's what we got to kind of get back to. But going through the Lent season, uh, the Lenten season, Lent season, I don't know, one of those. I've had, uh, this is the second year I've done it, but I've been doing a journal where every day for our church we read a gospel passage. And this year we're doing Luke, last year we did Mark. So you're reading a, the gospel and you read a section of it. And then what I've been doing is kind of writing my thoughts about it in a journal and posting it on my website. And what I found is by doing that and taking it in smaller chunks, it's easier to digest and I can really develop some good thought provoking questions that I look up later and find out more about. And then you take these stories that you've heard about, you know, and that you remember from when you're in Sunday school or sometimes they say at church or whatever, and you can dig much deeper into like what the reality of it is. Funny one my wife and I were talking about the other day. So, um, you know, the the tomb was discovered, opened by the Marys, right? The, the two women. Um, and what's interesting is we were talking about it is what what were they talking about on their way to the tomb? All right, it's been three days. He's, you know, presumably, you know, in there after three days dead. And there's a huge boulder in front of the tomb. So, like... What, what are these two women going to do when they get there? I mean, like, I mean, what was their plan? What, what were they thinking? And, uh, and kind of putting yourself into that reality of that situation allows you to look at it from a little different perspective. And you can imagine the shock. I mean, like no one expected this to happen. It wasn't like they, oh, well, we're going to go there and he's not going to be in there. Um, I, you know, I can only imagine all the things that were running through their mind when they got there and not to mention like the, the Roman guards. So like the Roman soldiers that were guarding the tomb, typically anywhere from four to 12 people. Did they not hear this giant boulder move out of the way? I mean, like were, were they totally negligent in their guarding ability that they didn't notice that this big boulder moved? I mean, what, what were they doing? Uh, you know, and then what was their mental state. I mean, this is just some guy. Their commander came to him and said, hey, you got guard duty on this on this grave site, so go hang out. And they didn't know anything about this, and they probably weren't involved with everything. So they're just sitting there, kind of hanging out. And all of a sudden, the dead body that they were supposedly guarding is gone. And, you know, miraculously, all the linen wraps are just laying on the floor. None of them are torn. So it wasn't like somebody ripped them all to pieces and drug them off. It was all this evidence pointing to a miraculous event. And these are people who, who really had no dog in the fight, so to speak. They were just kind of there. And they had to go back to their commander and their boss and say, hey, some crazy stuff happening. You know, what, what was it, what must it have been like for them? You know, how, how did they process this? We don't really hear a lot about the other people in the story that are, are almost just bystanders, but I'm sure it, I mean, if I'm on guard duty at my job and, you know, all of a sudden the dead body I'm supposed to guard is gone. Nobody knows what happened to it. And that's going to freak me out. I mean, that's going to affect me quite a bit. So by doing this Lent challenge, Bible challenge, whatever you want to call it, I've been able to really kind of dial in on 
the events that happen and the discussions that take place and put it in a much more logical view of being able to assess it if I were there or, or put myself in that position to say, well, what would I think if I'm standing there and Jesus starts ta- telling the parable of whatever? I mean, there's a whole lot of parables. But, you know, if I'm if I'm standing there and this starts happening or what happens if I'm, I'm walking along in the big crowd and this, this guy walks past and all of a sudden he stops and touches a guy and all of a sudden he can see. This guy's been blind for, you know, 10 years and now he can see. So it, it was much more informative. I mean, inspirational, sure, but I, I really think it was more of a mental shift for me to be able to look at it from a almost a research standpoint as opposed to just being told these miraculous things happened. I was able to dig into them a lot more specifically and develop some of my own questions. And some of them I answered and some of them I didn't, but I feel like it was a really good experience for me. And, and I, I enjoyed it last year. I really enjoyed it this year. I'm almost done. Obviously, you know, it, it ends on Easter. Um, and I'm, I look forward to it again next year. I just got so much more out of the gospel than I've read it before. Just, you know, in one of those read the Bible in a year kind of programs and then just going through it myself. And and I just didn't retain as much as I would have liked. So this was a great opportunity for me to, to do that and really digest a lot of those details and, and find out more about the individuals and the individual stories that I encountered throughout the Bible or throughout the gospel. Excuse me. All right. And then what else was I going to talk about today? I didn't really have a whole lot planned, just kind of taking it easy. Um, I hope everybody has a great holiday and, and really, you know, celebrates the fact that he's risen and and goes back and takes a look at it, thinks about it, puts herself in that position or maybe not in Jesus's position, but in in one of the disciples or Mary's position, his mother or, you know, Joseph, his father. I mean, it, it's he's he's not mentioned at all. So what, what was he doing? Um, where, you know, where was he at? I'm, I'm sure he was there or at least understood about it, you know? So, I mean, he raised him. So I'm assuming he, <laughs> obviously he felt a kinship towards him. So, you know, I can identify with that and I can ask myself those kinds of questions. Uh, but I, I think it's a good tool to, to just penetrate into the story more, penetrate into the, the belief and the faith that I have that all these things happen. So it makes it more real. It makes it more personal to me as opposed to just something someone said while I was at church one day. Um, And then, you know, the last thing I would say is just enjoy the time with your family. I mean, if nothing else, it's a reason to be happy with your family. And if that means you all go to brunch and that's what you do on Easter or it means you get to do an Easter egg hunt at your house or you go to your church or whatever the case may be. It is a reason to celebrate what you have and what you've been given. And, you know, it, it's it's just another way to say thank you. And I think that's really, really important. Um, you know, my personal beliefs as a Christian, uh, I the only reason I have anything is is because of Jesus and God, and I think that's spectacular, and I think it's really important to remember that, especially you know during Holy Week and on Easter. <clears throat> uh, one other kind of funny thing we used to do all the time, I remember when I was a kid, so they would always play the Ten Commandments 
I think it was either on Good Friday or, you know, Holy Thursday or whatever, but it would always come on right around Easter and we would, I would always stay up and watch it. And I'd always forget how ridiculously long that movie is. It's such a good movie and you're so enthralled, but it's legit like three plus hours long. And that watching it on TV means it's like four hours long because that was, you know, commercials or whatever. But I mean, we would watch it every year, and I love that movie. It really got me interested. I remember watching it as a kid, and it got me interested in reading the Bible and looking into the stories and, and finding out what happened because it's there's some crazy stuff that happens in it, and uh, and some great things, you know, as a storyteller myself and um, as an aspiring writer, it is it, it's amazing. I know I digressed, and I apologize. <laughs> I don't really have a good plan for this episode, so just kind of talking about Easter and how much fun it's going to be and why everybody should say Merry Easter instead of Happy Easter. Okay, I really don't care. Say whatever you want. I'm going to say Merry Easter because I think it's funny. But enjoy the time. Try to learn more about your faith and and about the Bible and, and about the story of Jesus. It is truly amazing. If uh, if you are interested and you want to know more about like what we did as a church for our gospel challenge, uh, hit me up, send me a, an email message, whatever, and I'll send you what we did. And uh, it's been it's been a great experience for me. I know having the schedule has been very very helpful. So if you'd like to know, give me a shout. Also, if you're looking for something to read over the holiday, I do have two books out in OIF Journal, Henry Sissel, as well as Providence Athleta Christi, uh, both on Amazon, both available. Get them whenever you can. Then I also have a couple of other projects I'm working on right now that I'm super excited about. And one of them is uh, like a middle grade book, which is going to be really fun. Uh, it's really fun to write. I've, I've been just plugging away at it, and so I'm excited about that. And then, you know, I have the, the sequel to Providence Athleta Christi coming out. And hopefully I'll have some other things in the works, but I'll keep you guys up to date. And I sure do appreciate you listening. I hope you have a wonderful holiday. Merry Easter once again. And I look forward to talking to you again soon. Take care. Bye. My love for you will make me try forever.